Hi, and welcome to the Imperfect Podcast. My name is Deb Crow, and I will be your host. Join me on this journey as we meet heart-centered leaders from all over the globe. Lots of interesting questions, interesting conversation, and find out what makes a leader. How do they handle uncertainty and complexity? How do they lead in a time that is volatile? Join us. Welcome back to Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. And we are traveling to the United States this week, and I'm really intrigued and excited to interview this amazing heart-centered leader. Her name is Edvish Robinson, and she let me know before the interview today that Edvish stands for Woman Warrior, and let me tell you, she certainly is. She has been navigating her team through the VUCA waters with calmness and experience. She also understands the importance of leading her multidisciplinary team with trust and collaboration. And she believes that there are great tools that can enable your team to be risk takers, but also allow business strategies to come to life. She's heart-centered and she delivers adaptability, empathy, organizational agility, while at the same time, she stays curious, insightful, and determined. So Edvish, welcome to the show. Wow, thank you so much for this amazing introduction. I'm delighted to be here today. Thank you so much. Well, I'm delighted to speak with you because I have been watching you for a while. We've connected on LinkedIn. We've had some great intellectual stimulating conversation, which you know I'm always up for. But I want to talk about COVID-19. And one, you did a really, really nice post on LinkedIn. And, and you said, quote, crisis has become the word of the year, end quote. You feel that the pandemic has delivered unwelcome chaos to the world for, for individuals and businesses. And I love how you framed it. You said that crises can lead to fear, anxiety, and doubt that leaves us with devastating effects. But you are the eternal optimist, and you also feel that the pandemic can brim us with opportunities to reflect and become stronger. So my first question is the question that you posed to your LinkedIn followers. How do you feel you've evolved to meet the challenge and focus on what's important in our new normal? Thank you so much. What a great question, right? Um, COVID-19, I told my team and so many others that is happening to all of us at the same time this unwelcome incident that's happening and we're all trying to adjust to it the best we can. And I believe that it's also an opportunity for us to pause and reflect on who we are as individual, as leader, and as parent, right? Parent and children for, um, in different families. So as leader, more importantly, it, COVID-19 was a way for me to strengthen the trust that I already established with my team. 
Trust is a high commodity, especially when we are in many and changing days and you don't have the answer for what's gonna happen. But the key thing that I've been doing and I've been advising everyone to do is to learn to share to your team or with your team what you know and what you don't know. And let them know that we are all going through that tunnel together and you will not let them behind. That sense of community and connecting that bridge and connectivity allowed your team to know that they are secure, even when other people are losing their job. They know that you have their back because they know that you are sharing all the information that you have along the way. So I've, to answer that question in a very simple way is a time for us to reflect and to recenter ourselves so that we can be better for ourselves and for our team members. Well, I love what you said that trust is a commodity. That's powerful. And in the pause and the reflection, it also has been a self audit for many leaders to almost ensure they weren't becoming complacent. And that's been another leadership conversation because it's very easy to get settled in and calm. So like you had mentioned in this post, you've been navigating these VUCA waters with calmness and experience. So thank you for sharing that. Now in your role, you're the Vice President of Mobile Engineering Services at Comcast in Philadelphia. What imperfections have you brought to your leadership role? <laughs> That's a good one. I would say the ability to share to my team what I don't know about. And usually as leader, we are expected to have all the answers and we are expected to know all the intricacies of things that are going on. But I've been very transparent with my team and sharing, um, sharing what I know, but more importantly for asking for help. And everybody, would, everybody that you meet would tell, would tell you that Edwige would tap everyone and get us engaged into the vision that she's in because she will ask for help when she needed. So I see one of the key imperfections that I would probably say is, you know, sharing when I need help and open up to the team when I'm also scared. Because we had genuine conversations, especially during one-on-one with my team and basically tell them, yes, I'm also going through those changes as well. And I'm uncertain what's gonna happen in the fall. But one thing for sure, we have each other and we're gonna ensure that we are carrying each other through those phases. So I, I'm not sure if it's an imperfection or is the ability to be open and be genuine and be honest with your team as they know that you're human and that you're going through those pain points with them and you're gonna be there for them. Well, it's definitely a combination, I guess, in your eyes of an imperfection, and I see it as being an authentic heart-centered leader. Indeed. Beautiful. Now, I wanna, I'm going to slip in an extra question here, because as I'm listening to you, you've got me thinking. And mm -hmm. I know lots of women executives would probably love to hear another women executive answer this question. What is it like for you? 
to be on an executive team and be the only woman? Mm. This is the, I want to pause a little bit here and reflect on that question because I wish somebody would have told me a while ago or many years ago that actually being the only woman is actually an asset for me. Because while many of us look at uh, uh, this disparity and being the only one or the only one that look like us at the table, we are worried, right? We feel like we are not being valued, but I believe the contrary. I believe that by being the only one there, you already have a spotlight on you. So you have an opportunity to only add tremendous amount of value, but you also have an opportunity to hold the space so that you don't do so well that they have no choice but to want to get more people like you. So I feel like it's such a strong privilege that we have to be the only woman, and for me as a triple minority, being female, black, and African-born, I've been in so many places where I was not only the only female, but the only female for years to come. So for several years, actually. So I truly believe that it is actually an asset versus being um, a deterrent. And it's also an opportunity for us to find advocate that don't look like us, other male advocate, and so that they can only not only speak on her behalf, but also teach us the ways of and the maze of the workplace. Well, that's beautiful. And it's it's like where we started when you kind of gave your interpretation of the COVID-19 pandemic. We can we can stay looking and letting the fear lead us, or we can also look to see what opportunities we can reflect on and allow us to become stronger. And the stronger we are, the better we hone our skills, our strategies, our overall leadership. So what, what a beautiful way of looking at that. Thank you for sharing. Sure, thank you. Now you've been recognized by Alara Tech as one of the quote, awesome black women everybody should know end quote and by the one million stem women as a visible role model who inspires the next generation of girls so my question is how does this make you feel and what legacy do you want to impart on the next generation of girls oh my goodness Thank you so much. I don't know where you find it, but thank you so much. Thank you so much for the recognition as well. You see, growing up in the Ivory Coast, growing up where I come from, that most women are stay-at-home mom or not working in offices, but they're basically taking care of kids. So arriving here two decades ago and having the opportunity to work and have an opportunity to be in tech has been such a privilege for me. And, I, and I, I don't want to stop saying this because it is truly a privilege. However, mostly young girls don't want to enter the tech field because there's no people that look like them in those, area, in those arenas. So 
I'm very passionate about not only helping other women enter the field of tech, but to not only enter, but to stay and succeed in tech. And I truly believe that the more of us enter the field of tech, more young girls, more young men, more minority who see that, you know what? I thought of it, I read of it, but now I can see that it's possible. I can see through advision that it's possible. I can see that you can come from far, far away in the world in Ivory Coast and come to the United States. And if you work hard, you can succeed. I can see it in my own eyes. So that's the reason I'm so passionate about being a role model and mentor for minority and the young girls all throughout the United States, Africa, and Europe. And I'm passionate about it because I feel like it's possible. We can do it together. Well, and look at the relatability you have. And I know we were chatting before we recorded the interview. And it's fun to look back, not at your mistakes, but to see how far you've come. And, mm. the, and the storytelling that you can impart on these young girls, not just all of your successes, but showing them that failure really sets you up for success and progression. Mm. So that's beautiful. Now I have to ask you an organizational question. We need to talk about diversity. It's, it's on everyone's mind and I don't think it's new. I think it's definitely come to the forefront with COVID-19 and everything else going on in 2020. What do you think is the common mistake in an organization's thinking about diversity? I think one of the common mistake or misinterpretation is that diversity is just an, an ensemble of people from different backgrounds or different race. I believe that diversity is stronger than that. It's several layers beyond that, which is to me is ensure that not only you have people from different experiences, different backgrounds, but people that can also bring different ideas. Aside from the ideas is once you have the diversity in your workplace, you need to support them. You need to teach them how to do certain things because they didn't have the same background as many of the counterparts. So yes, it's good to have to hire diverse candidates and diverse people, but you also need to provide them the support. So once they are in your company, they can also succeed and get the support that they need to navigate this maze called the workplace. So diversity and inclusion, I know that a lot of people are talking about it. They trying to see what is necessary to do and how to hire people, but it's beyond hiring. It's about creating an environment so that the people that you have hired can actually succeed. So they're not left alone often. I love that. I don't even have a comment. It's just, I'm just gonna leave it at that. Well done. <laughs> now I'm gonna ask you my, my fab four. And Ooh. this is where we get to have some fun and I get to ask you a question oh, and, and you just tell me whatever's sitting on the top of that beautiful mind of yours. 
<laughs> so you've posted on social media that crisis has become the word of 2020. So if I gifted you a time capsule for 2020, what would you put inside of it before you bury it? Mm. Oh my goodness. I would probably say I have a notepad. I have a notebook that I've been writing all my, everything that would come to mind. I would say I would probably put that in so that I can see, you know, 20 years from now, 200 years from now, what was I thinking today? I have my, this notepad, I write everything that comes to mind, my, my pain, my difficulties, my joy, my meditation in the morning, I'm priming my mind. So I would definitely put that notebook in it. Oh, I love that. And I have a notebook. I do a very similar practice to you. So isn't that interesting? Oh, wow. Now, you know my love for self-care, and today is actually International Self-Care Day, so I wanted to wish you a happy International Self-Care Day. Thank you. And as a leader, how do you practice and model self-care every day for yourself and for your team? Oh, I love, I love this question. So I start each day by priming my mind. And probably my mind um, looks like this. I wake up in the morning and I start my meditation. I center myself on what needs to happen that day. I visualize the meeting that I'm going to have. I visualize the conversation I'm gonna have with each person. And I try, to, I, I try to kind of like do a rundown of how I want the conversation to go and how I, I want the person to walk away feeling. So it usually takes me about 10, 15 minutes, but I, I do my visualization in the morning and I center myself, I do my prayer and I get ready for the day. And with my team, I've been telling them and most of them been doing it. Some, almost the, the full team is not doing it yet, but I'm hoping that you know the next few weeks, all of them will do it is to actually block time in the calendar to get away from the computer so that they can actually have a proper lunch with their family or have a snack with the kid. It's such a blessing to be home with our family members, but most of us are stuck in our offices or in our work desk, and then we don't even connect with our families. So I've been very adamant with my team to actually schedule breaks in the, sketch, in the calendar so that they can, they can you know, enjoy those moments. And, and also take a walk during this uh, meeting. You know, turn, move your meeting to, uh, move your meeting from the computer to, to your phone so that you can, actually, uh, you can actually take that call while you're doing a quick walk or while you're doing uh, something with, the, um, with your family. So it has been, they've been very happy about it. I'm, I'm getting a lot of great feedback. But so between priming myself in the morning and encouraging the team to take those breaks in between has been very, very helpful. Well, and I think a lot of leaders and executives listening to this podcast are going to appreciate what you do as your own solid morning routine, but just some of the great chat strategies you shared for people working remotely at home, including yourself. So, you know, moving the meeting to your phone and walking around, that's a great one because as we, as we move into the next phase, depending on what country you're in, it's always 
it's always a, a welcoming invite to revisit what you're doing, how you're doing, how long you're doing. So kudos to you and your team for, for creativeness and innovativeness and changing things up. Thanks. Thank you so much. Now, what is one note to self that you write or have as a daily affirmation? Mm. I have several of them, but the one that I have on my sticky here that I use a lot, which is whenever in doubt, choose love and compassion. Whenever in doubt, choose love and compassion. And I'm going to say it again. And that's why you're a heart-centered leader. Mm, mm, thank you. It has served me so well because everybody's going through so many different things. People are going through so many experiences that we don't share. A lot of people that are working from home, going to work was very, you know, the place was a joyful place because they are alone at home. So people are dealing with so many things, loneliness and pain. I have uh, someone that I'm working with and she's always walking around with a clove that has a pocket because she's dealing with domestic violence. So she wants to ensure that she has a phone with her at all time. So that's the reason I'm saying whenever in doubt, choose love and compassion because you have no idea what people are going through. The pain that people are going through are not necessarily visible. People are going through a lot of things internally. And unless you connect to them at a different level, you won't know. And in order to, for you to know, you need to create that space so that you can be vulnerable and they can be vulnerable with you. And then you create that safe space and uh, you'll be surprised of um, the connectivity that you're going to have with your team. Well, exactly. And, and I'm a yoga teacher. And one of the things that I often chat to my executives and CEOs about when coaching is there needs to be scheduled time to get out of your head. Mm. Because if you don't quiet your mind, how can you handle the influx of information that you have consistently all day long? A mind that's cluttered with no clarity can't make good delegation or concise decisions. So really good strategies again on, on what you're doing to, to foster. And like you said, prime your mind so that you're visualizing your day and I'm sure it unfolds and unpacks the way you want it. But when you have interruptions because you've started your day that way, I'm sure it's much easier to navigate the waters. Indeed, indeed. It's very helpful because you come in with the intention of adding value and with the intention of ensuring that the next person you're going to be talking to are is or are the only people that matter for that 30 minute or what that one hour. So, and it's, it manifests itself in your conversation because you focus on them, their need for that hour or for those 30 minutes. And it has been very helpful to me and my team and the tremendous dividend came out of it. No, it's an, it's an amazing strategy. So my last question is, what's next for Edvish professionally and maybe something you're, you're willing to share that's on your bucket list? 
Oh my goodness. Well, I think personally, I really want to, um, I really want to really engage with all the young women and increase, or I would probably say, develop the speaking that I'm doing to kind of like help all the young girls and the minority to see that it's possible to excel in tech and succeed in tech. So I'm very passionate about that. I've been talking to young girls throughout the United States and in Africa, and I have so much joy out of it because by seeing the, you know, the eyes just open up and become so big and they're like, oh my God, she sounds just like me and she can do it, I can do it. And that's the best gift, you know, anybody could wish. So that's what I'm looking for personally. And as far as um, professionally, I'm looking for that next, that next role or that next step, which is what I would usually say the next mountain to find myself in a way that I probably have no idea how it will manifest itself. And I feel like I have so much to give. 20 years of technology experience, 20 years of leadership experience, 20 years of how to navigate life. So I'm excited to see what the future holds. And you know, um, right now, Comcast is an amazing company. You know, diversity is part of our DNA. So I love what I do. And I'm looking forward to see what the future holds. Well, I'm going to be excited to, to sit in the wings and, and see what you do. And it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And thank you for being a heart-centered leader and spending time with me today. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for making time and for allowing me to impart to your listener a little bit of wisdom that I have. So I'm very grateful for this opportunity. And I hope that it stays with them. And for sure, it will stay with me for years to come. Well, I like to end my podcast with kind of my, my five things that I think are good to have in our, our toolkit of life. Follow your heart, have passion, do your best, know your truth, and always be in love with the journey. This is Deb Crow. Thank you for joining me once again on Imperfect the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast.